Welcome to this edition of the Million Dollar Mastermind Podcast. This is where we pick the brains of high achievers from all walks of life and get their hard-earned, real-world insights on winning. I'm your host, Larry Wydell. I am talking with Steve Hoffman. Hello, Steve. Hello, Larry. Yeah, we're getting ready to have some fun this afternoon, and we're going to be talking about winning, and Steve's done a lot of it. Steve, how did you get on the winning track, and where did you, uh, where was your entry level into the business world, and, uh, you know, where you could start getting your lessons and making your mark? Well, I loved a lot of things when I was young. I loved making movies. When I was a kid, I made 50 movies, uh, all different types of anime. 50. 50. Well, they wow, weren't feature films. Some of them, they range from like 15 minutes to 45 minutes. But really? I was, yeah, I did. I got all my friends together, got sets built, got costumes, produced the whole things. I'm very passionate about it. I was also very passionate about games. So I would make board game after board game after board game. Then computers came along. I started coding and creating my own games. I went to study electrical computer engineering on my father's recommendation. I actually wanted to go to film school. So I wanted to go to film school. But My father was like, son, computers are going to change everything. You must study computers. So I was like, okay, dad, you know, he's a smart guy. Uh, He he was a professor. He was a professor of rocket science at MIT. So he was like- Oh, an official rocket scientist. He's a a real rocket scientist. So I respected him. And I was like, okay, he understood control systems and computers in the early days. And I was like, okay, I'll study electrical computer engineering. I did. I went, I studied it. I didn't love it. It was interesting but it wasn't my passion. So I got the degree because, you know, I set out to do something, I was going to do it. But as soon as I got the chance, I decided to apply to graduate school in film and television. Ah. So I went to USC. Uh, I got into USC, their film school, went through their film school, got my master's degree, and then got thrown out into the real world. Yeah. And the real world Nobody was waiting to hand me a job. Not like my electrical engineering degree where I had offers from Hewlett Packard and all these other companies. You know, I was highly prized. In the film world, nobody cared. And <laughs> I had a master's degree in film and television. So I was like, what do I do? Like, I want to make films. Like, how, how do you do this in Hollywood when, you know, I didn't have a network. None of my family was in the business. You know, I had just been making films at a film school that doesn't really count. So I did what any person would do, I think, in that situation is I went out and bought a book. And the book I bought was called The Hollywood Directory. And it listed literally the names and the addresses of you know almost every Hollywood producer in Hollywood. Right. And I went through and I wrote 150 letters, 150 wow. addressed to each of them. And I put them in the old snail mail, not email, mailed it to them. And I waited for responses. Yeah. I got three, three responses. Three out of 150. Right. What? It was three. First right. one was Disney. Disney. Not bad. You're not yeah. bad. So I was like, oh, I'm going to get this job at Disney. I'm going to land it. So I got the head of production at Disney, invited me in. And she started asking me all these questions. The interview was going great. You know, we had a good rapport. 
Um, and then she asked me a trick question. Okay. And, and the trick question, which I wasn't expecting because of my first interview, was what films do you like? What mm-hmm. films do you like? Right. You, you know what I said? What? I started listing off all the really cool, amazing art films and experimental films that I saw in film school. <laughs> yeah. yeah. These, you know, Fellini, Godard, all these like, you know, seminal pieces of film history. And then she just sat there silently. And then she goes, you didn't mention any Disney films. Uh, <laughs> I, was uh, like, uh, I was like, oh, Disney film. You know, <laughs> the meeting was over. The meeting uh, was over. Uh, she couldn't wait to get me out of her office. So wow. I was this, you know, this, she just, they were producing commercial films and I was mentioning art films, total disconnect. So I lost it there. Yeah. Um, the second interview uh, was even more interesting. I got a phone call. It wasn't really an interview. I got a phone call, a response from my letter from the producer of Star Wars Empire Strikes Back. Ah. So he called me up and he was like, I read your letter. I loved your letter. I want to talk to you. And we start, started talking. He goes, I don't have a job for you. I just wanted to, you know, say hi. And I was like, hi. So we had this conversation and it ended with no job. Just wow. a nice conversation. It was very nice of him to just give me a call out of the blue. Uh, and so that was two. And now I only had one left out of 150. He couldn't know. give you any advice or any any place to go or it was just like general talk and i was pretty shy at the time i'm not anymore it felt really awkward i didn't know what to say to him (laughs) he told me he didn't have a job so i wasn't interviewing him we were supposed to make conversation on the phone and i just didn't know what to say um so i kind of blew two of them let's put it that way i blew two opportunities like if i sure if i'd said the right thing i might have gotten a job but i didn't so this is my third chance you know, up to bat after three, I, I'm going to strike out on the film of the street. I go in and y- it's uh, one of the largest TV movie producers in Hollywood. His name was Chuck Freeze. He had this huge office yeah. on, yeah. you know, okay, you know, yeah. but most people don't. It was on Hollywood Boulevard right across from the Man Chinese with his name on the roof. Uh-huh. I-, I went up to his office uh, to get a job. And I was like, I'm not going to blow it this time. I'm not going to talk about art films. I'm going <laughs> to try to sound knowledgeable and make good conversation. And he's there and he's a real character. I don't know if you have seen the movie Barton Fink. Uh, yeah, but right. Barton Fink, made by the Coen brothers, great film. Uh, the, the, the producer in that film looked just like him and sounded just like him. So uh-huh. he was, sees this big, huge guy, uh, kind of gray hair, and he's sitting there and he's like, He's like the guy who would be smoking on a cigar. He didn't have a cigar, but the type. And he's right. like, hey, Hoffman, I read your letter. Uh, you're here. Okay. I think I can give you a job. And I was like, oh, great. I'm going to get a job as a writer or a director or something really, or a producer. And he goes, I'm going to make you a script reader. <laughs> script reader. You know, I got to get my master's degree. And script reader is the lowest job on the totem pole. Literally, uh-huh. they hand you scripts. And your whole job is to literally read all the bad scripts. And if you happen out of 100 scripts to find one good one, you recommend it so that the actual producers and executives would read it. So, but it was the only job I could get. So when it's the only job you can get, you take it. So I took the job on this uh, reading scripts. 
And I kept reading and reading scripts. And, you know, uh, I'm dyslexic, so it made it really hard because I'm oh, a fast yeah. reader. So right. I was like, just try, how do you read a script quickly? And there's not even enough money to live off of. Like, it's really, they pay you very little money to do this. But it was a job in Hollywood. And I was like, how do I get out of this job? <laughs> it's not my dream job. And I can't imagine myself doing this for years, let alone there were people in as script readers who kept coming into the office who I got to know who had been doing it for like three years, five years. I think one guy was like seven years he had been doing script reading. I was like, God forbid I'm doing this seven years from now reading yeah. bad scripts. For those of you who are sick and tired of fooling around and are dead serious about wanting to move up fast, I've got something especially for you. I've combined the best insights from over 40 years in business and making $70 million in income and compressed them into a free webinar. That's right. It's a free resource. If you want to find out exactly what the concepts are that I use in coaching million-dollar earners, register now at WhiteLOnWinning.com. You'll discover the five-part framework used by so many to reach their financial, personal, and professional goals. You can find that link in this episode's show notes. So after a, a few weeks, I literally uh, contacted uh, Chuck again and, and asked for a meeting. And he gave me a meeting. So I'm in there and he's like, Hoffman, what is it? What do you want? It's only been a few weeks. And I'm like, Chuck, I can do more than read scripts. Like, you know, I can read scripts and write up the little synopsis of whether they're good or bad. But, you know, I could also write scripts. I could direct for you. I could do all these things. Just give me a chance. He's like, ah, oh, Hoffman, it's only been a few weeks. Whatever. Go away. So I went away. Uh, a week later, I got uh, uh, his, Chuck's, and, and there's a lot of nepotism in Hollywood. So Chuck had his two sons working for them. So one of his sons, his older son, was uh, the head of legal for the company. But he was also a producer. And to top it off, he's a very bitter man. He was a very bitter man because he hadn't made it on Hollywood on his own. He had to go work ah. for his dad in the legal department. And he had, he, everybody was afraid of him because he would scowl and walk through the office like he's about to punch you. And he was the last person I wanted to work for. But that's the only opportunity I had. So I went and worked for the guy, Chuck's son, Butch. Butch is sitting there and Butch has this project he wants to get off the ground. And it's a, it's a story uh, a mini series about the Oregon Trail and about this guy, Francis Parkman. So he gives me th these books to read and says, read these books and write up a synopsis. I want you to write up the whole synopsis for the whole mini series. And I was like, cool. Like, this is actually writing. Like, I'm reading and right. I'm actually writing the outline for a whole mini series. I was so motivated. So I kept reading scripts at the same time that I was writing this outline synopsis for a mini series. And I work like crazy because what do you do when you want to break through? You work like mad, right? So I worked yeah. night and day, got the synopsis done in a shape that I felt was really good, handed to him. He's no expression at all. Like, go, you know, just go away. Yeah. So I go away and I'm waiting, going back. And then a, a few days later, Bush calls me back in his office and he's smiling. <laughs> and he's like, you did a really good job on this. You know, I'm like, wow. like I never seen him smile. I was like, oh, thank you. And I go, do you have more for me to do? No, no, nothing else. 
And so I go back to reading scripts. I was like, okay, what do I do now? Like I did that project. It was fun. I got some, you know, didn't get much money, but I, I at least got yeah. praised. And so I said, I'm going to ask for another meeting with Chuck, the, the, the head of the company. So I contact Chuck again and I go, uh, and he, you know, I'm waiting and waiting. He calls me back into his office and I go in. I'm very excited because I got praised by his son, his grumpy son. And Chuck looks at me and goes, Hoffman, you're back. Aren't you satisfied? I already gave you a job. And I go, Chuck, I did a really good job. Go talk to Butch. Ask Butch. I did a really good job. You, you could see I can actually write for you. It's like, oh, Hoffman, you're never satisfied. Go away. <laughs> I go back to reading scripts. And I'm, you know, reading scripts and about a week goes by and I come into the office uh, and I, I get my scripts from the head of development, the development director there. She hands me the scripts and, and, and I take them away and give her back the results. And I go into her that day and she looks at me and her face is just, her eyes are shooting daggers, shooting daggers. She was like, she could barely contain her rage. And she stands up, looks at me and says, you got me fired and storms out of her own office, like out of her own office, leaving me in her office. <laughs> and like, I was just, I, I was just, she was waiting for me to come to tell me that I'm standing there and I don't know what to do. And I'm just standing right. waiting. Like I don't have scripts to read because she's gone. Like who's going to come in and give me a script to read? Yeah. All of a sudden Chuck's assistant comes in and says, Chuck wants to speak to you. So I go into Chuck's office and I go and sit down. And I was like, what, what does Chuck want to see? He's want to fire me too? <laughs> yeah. Fire this person. And I look at him and he goes, Hoffman, you're our new head of development. Wow. <laughs> I, he literally, it, you know, I, it, I don't know if you've seen the film and I use film references because it's appropriate here. Yeah. Uh, Swimming with Sharks, uh, another uh, famous Hollywood film about t- uh, uh, film executives and how easy yeah. it is to get fired and the... It, it was literally happening to me just like in that movie. Really? And so he sent me, he goes, now you're our head of development. There was a big problem here. I actually had no idea what the head of development in a TV production studio did. No idea you? what. How yeah, would you? Yeah, all I did was read scripts and I didn't know what she did. And so I go, but he told me to go into her, to do the job. He didn't tell me what to do. So I go into her office and I'm standing there and I'm literally looking out the window at the Man Chinese Theater, down at the Man Chinese Theater. Uh, and I said, this is so bizarre. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. Uh, at film school, all I did was watch art films and make my own crazy films. Didn't right. work like in television at all. I have no idea. Her phone starts ringing. And it keeps ringing. And I didn't want to pick it up. It's like her phone. But I'm out <laughs> of development now. So I pick it up and they ask for the woman. They're like, is she here? And I'm like, uh, no, she's not here anymore, but you can talk to me. And it's this agent from ICM, one of the big agencies. And he's like, oh, okay, great. Can I send over the script? And he starts describing the script. And I yeah. was like, okay, send it over. And then I go back and sit in her desk. And all of a sudden, all the other readers start to come in who've been working there years. And they're uh, like, they're like, where's Karen? Oh, she's not here. Where is she? And I'm like, oh, she's not here right now, but I'm sort of doing the job. <laughs> I was really awkward. And they go, Oh, okay. Uh, really? And can I have my script? I didn't even know where the scripts were. And they they had to show me like where their scripts were and where to give them how she organized it. And so I'm winging this job. 
Um, and the next day I come in, I sort of get through the first day. The next day I come back and I'm like, what do I do? And I'm sitting at the desk again. I didn't know what I did besides hand out scripts and maybe answer the phone and tell them to send me scripts. And then uh, Chuck's assistant comes in and says, Chuck wants to see you. And I go into Chuck's office and I'm sitting there in Chuck's office now with his other son, who's the VP of production. And his other son uh, and me are sitting there and then Chuck's there and Chuck and his son are talking. They're going, he's going, we have this, this TV miniseries and it's starring this person, we, we, you know, has this character in the script and Hoffman, you've read it, right? Haven't you? Oh yeah, I read that script. And he goes, who should we cast in the role? We're trying to figure it out. We're trying to figure out who would be perfect for this role. And, and I'm starting, I'm sitting there and I don't watch much TV, hardly any at all. I have no idea who the actors and actresses are that they would even hire, let alone who would be right for this particular part. Right. And, and I'm hearing them go back and forth. And now Chuck is asking me to tell them who would be the right, because apparently this is part of my job. <laughs> so I'm panicking because I cannot answer this question. And Chuck says, Hoffman, come on, tell us, who do you think would be right? And I'm like, Chuck, you know what? Let me think about this and get back to you tomorrow. That's all I can think to say. Right. <laughs> so he goes, okay, whatever. And then, so I, 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 the meeting finally ends and I get back to my office and I'm like, how do I figure out this problem? Right? <laughs> like I could get, you know, he fired somebody who knew what she was doing. Like she was like probably really good at this job. I'm like the worst person. I asked to be a writer. I didn't want to be a right. developer. I wanted to be a writer or a director. So I'm trying to figure it out. And I knew one of my friends was in Hollywood and he's trying to make it in the film business. Um, and he was literally an encyclopedia of everything film. Like he would, like he had a photographic memory and he read all the, you know, the Hollywood Reporter variety, literally knew like every A-list actor, B-list actor, C-list actor, cameo part. Like he knew everybody, you know? And so I go, I'll call him. So I call him up and I said, Randy, Randy, please, please tell me uh, uh, who sh I should cast. And I start describing the role of the female right. protagonist, like who, you know, she, this type of person. But and he goes, oh, Steve, well, this would be my first choice. This would be my second choice. And if you can't get them, go for this person, you know, go for this woman. And I'm like, oh, Randy, thank you so much. Sure enough, I get called back into Chuck's office the next day. And, and I'm sitting there with his son. And Chuck looks at me and goes, Hoffman, have you thought about it? And I go, Chuck, yeah, actually I have. You know, she would be my first choice for the actress. She would be my second choice. And this would be my third choice if you can't get the other two. And I'm waiting for a response. Chuck looks at me and goes, Hoffman, you're brilliant. Brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> so let me put it this way. I baked my way through this job as I learned like what a TV development executive does. And I, I literally... You know, I started reading the trades like voraciously. I started, yeah. you know, watching television. I was like just trying to do everything I could to, to get up to speed. And every day I went into that job thinking this might be my last day. <laughs> I heard the last person. I, but I ended up being there over a year. And after a year, I was like, you know, I'm doing this job. It's really cool. It's kind of a job a lot of people would kill for, but I wanted to be a creative person. I wanted to be a writer director. I didn't want right. to be an executive kind of choosing and casting the shows. It wasn't really m what I wanted to do. Right. Um, and I got an opportunity because one of the producers at the company 
his cousin was the founder of the game company Sega. And they had yeah. just, it, this was in the early 90s, they'd just overtaken Nintendo as the number one game company in the world. And I was like, well, that's cool. You know, I love games. I coded games. I um, it, I could probably be creative in that job, um, which I can't do here. And and so I said, hey, can I meet your cousin who founded the company? He was an American who went over to Japan after World War II. It's called Service Games, Sega. And they made Sonic the Hedgehog and all these famous games. And I, I went up to him and said, give me an interview. Thanks for listening to the Million Dollar Mastermind. If you felt there were any valuable takeaways from this episode, please take a minute and leave us a five-star review. Your feedback is important and really helps us get the word out to a wider audience. Remember, we have a valuable webinar that is absolutely free. Register for it right now at whitealanwinning.com. Thanks for listening.